Listening Dog Media. Kisses in the Dark, a podplay series from Mank May Productions and Listening Dog Media. With performances from Kyle Rowe, Pamela Mayos, Stephen Gidwani, Patrick Price, and Ryan Clayton. Also starring Rhiannon Clements and Con O'Neill. Written by Marty Ross. I got into some stone steps at the south side of the prom. Steps going right down to the coming in of the tide. The hexagonal blocks on the seawall either side of us. I sat in there while they got some breath back. His shiverings had subsided. His cuffed, wiped cold sweat from his forehead. I asked him if he was all right and his answer of all things was... Did you ever see God? Did I what? Ever see what? You heard me. Looking you hard in the face, vast and violent. I had. Often. Well, I hope it was a friendly experience for you both. No, not with this God. I'm not talking about some Sistine Chapel Santa Claus. This God, it spun itself a shape from the spray and fire of a storm on this very sea. Took the moon for an eye. Sang like a thousand gulls set ablaze, it bit the land apart. Waves with its fangs, fangs sunk in me. It was a wolf, a shark, a maddened horse, and a million things between. And between them all, it was a whole of the universe. And I, and the world, and every soul upon it, maggots, fleas, ticks, clinging to it for dear life, though maggot as I was, I bit back as hard as I could. Is this something to do with the turn you took back there? Back there. Ripley's. You were looking at that horse made out of driftwood. No, I wasn't. No? No, I was looking through it. Straight through. That's the trouble. Sometimes I look at what's there and all I see is what's beyond it, inside it even. Sometimes I see... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I did have a turn, didn't I? You gave me a turn, certainly. Maybe we better be getting back. Back? The Toledo? What if he's there? Back to our separate lives, I mean. Before the turn gets any funnier. But maybe it wasn't him. Maybe he didn't see us. Maybe. Let's have a drink first. A drink? 
I need one. And I'll buy you one. Let's kill a little time so we can be sure he's safely off on his night shift. You can't kill time like you'd like. Stun it, maybe, but we've still got to face up to what's coming. I can't leave him. Not without all kinds of uproar. We can survive that easily. Yeah, you can. You can just walk away. So can you. Maybe I don't want to. Well, maybe you need to. If you're ever to live another day like the way we've lived today, or last night for that matter. Maybe a day and a night was enough. And maybe I don't need you telling me what I do and don't need. We need each other. I don't see any arguing with that. I need... I need so much more than I've ever had the nerve for. Find the nerve. If I did... Go on. Oh, you... You bastard, I'd kiss the face clean off you. Fuck you here on the prom. Sand in our paws, spray raining about the whole town looking. But till I find that nerve, yeah, go on. Let's make do with the drink. Afterwards, we wandered back to the Toledo. Night now deep fallen and Tom sure to be out on shift. We wandered up to the front door and I tried to think of an excuse to unlace my hand from his to escape up to my room and be lonely for a while. But we stepped into an utterly dark lobby and there was something in that blackness made me clutch his hand tighter still. The fuse, I suppose, had gone again. With so much else on my mind, there was a careless landlord, I confess, where that kind of thing was concerned. I pulled my fingers free of Kate's, told her to wait while I found my way to the fuse box on the wall behind the old reception desk. I was trying to be quick about it, sensing Kate might want to steal away from me first chance she'd get. I flipped open the hatch, felt around inside. The fuse I was searching for wasn't there at all. Bastard! He came out of nowhere, slamming something into the base of my spine and sending me crumbling to the floor. Then he was above me, sending that same something which I saw now was the bottom end of a fire extinguisher plunging towards my face. I rolled to one side, heard its metal weight thump the thinly carpeted floorboards. He raised it for a second attempt, I kicked out, connecting with his groin. Oof. I knocked him back, sent him sprawling across the foot of the stairs. I was swiftly up, darting after him. Blindly, he swung a fist, it connected with my jaw and knocked me a step or two back. Then he was hurling himself at me again. Tom! I had no idea for a moment it was him. All he was was a lump of darkness splitting itself off from the rest of the darkness, smacking into the vague smear of a figure John became as he walked away from him. It was only when the echo of his angry cry had settled in my ear I fully realised who it was and got a grasp of the depth of the shit we were in. Together we hit the floor, wrestling about at full length. While he was clumsy and fumbling in his violence as a hog rooting in the dirt. And it was a second or two before I'd rolled him on his back, fixing a hand around his throat, using the fingers on my other hand to force open his throat, preparing to... To what? The obvious thing was to suck the soul out of this impudent carcass, leave the flesh that was left sinking into the carpet as this pale stain. I've done this so swiftly to so many who hadn't insulted me a fraction as much, but then she called out, reminding me of her presence, reminding me of that other man, that so different man I'd been 
minutes before, and like any murder would before his better self, I hesitated. Couldn't see in that murk who the hell had gotten on top, but I could guess. So I called out. Called out to that violent idiot I'd gone and committed my life to. Called out for him to stop battering shut every other option in my closed life. But I got it wrong. As I realised when the figure below started doing the real hit. And as I hesitated, a stupid fist came hurtling up into my face, knocking me back. And as I fell across the carpet, he lunged after me. I was steeled to meet him halfway, but then she called out again, called for his violence to stop, and the violence in me hesitated a second time. Stop it! You'll kill him! I thought it was up for another go at me, but instead, when she cried out, he froze. And I didn't. And by God, I took advantage. I dumped his face and dumped and dumped till I had him back on the floor, and then I thumped him some more, and he... He lay there and took it. It was beautiful. No! Tom, no! I ran across, caught at the shoulder of that arm, driving its fist again and again and again into John's face. I held off one punch just long enough for the arm to swing at me, driving an elbow into my belly, sending me stumbling back, falling at the sound of his spitting a curse my way. What the fuck did she think she was doing? Who the fuck side did she think she was taking is? Is over me? Me, that fucker that had put a ring on her finger. Got yes for an answer and him being who? Who? Some creep slinks up and down the staircase dead of night. Some shadow sticking to the wall and never stepping out into the light. Trying to be taken for nothing. No one. And all the time cutting up close with my fucking fiance in the broad daylight for the whole of bloody Blackpool to see. And how's a poor betrayed fucker like me supposed to cope with that? Here. See? Here's how I fucking cope. Beat you fucking flat, you fucking shadow flat. Backed into the fucking carpet. Come on! Bleed. Bleed harder. Bleed right down the fucking floorboards. I'll smack your fucking face till there's nothing left to it. Because nothing's what I want you to be. Nothing to me. Nothing to her. Nothing but nothing. Nothing but... But your arms get tired. And your fists get sore. I shouldn't, of course, killed him. So easy to kill him. But there in the dark, past the blood in my eye, I could see her watching, shuddering. Could hear her screaming for him to stop, and I knew what her screams would be the moment I made him stop. So I opted instead to take momentarily the worst she had to give. So much less after all than I'd suffered elsewhere. To let him beat at me until that idiot fist was bloody and raw as my face. And then I called for effect. Embryonically on my side and let him stand and crow above me. How's that feel, eh? Fuck off, eh? So? Not so sweet as kissing my fucking girlfriend, is it? Girlfriend, fuck that! Fiance, pride to be, do you hear? Do you hear that, you fucking greedy hands on punts? Mine, all I've fucking got and I've got fuck all, so I'm here to fucking fight for it, do you hear? He is, do you, Kate? Do you? I'm fucking talking to you, because look at the things I got from that tramp. You were fucking cosy with him and he was with you. 
So some of what he's took here was owing to you. Tell him thank you for taking it. Then tell him good night, because you're coming the fuck upstairs with me. No. Yes, you fucking <laughs> are. Come on. I tried to stumble away, but he was fast in that dark. He caught my arm, dragged me up the stairs so fast, my feet barely skimmed the edges of the step. Soon we were at the door of the bedstead. He was rattling his key into the lock, pushing the door open, throwing me through, clicking on the light inside, slamming and chaining the door at his back. Picked myself off the foot of the bed where I'd landed, tensing into the tightest corners of myself, waiting for my full share of the bloody-mindedness he dealt out downstairs. But instead, he stood and stared at me. And I thought I saw a tear glinting in the corner of his eye. You think what? I'm going to hit you? Hit you like I hit him? Maybe I should. But here's how I'm going to hit you instead. I was heading out to the pleasure beach, I know. I know. I'm stuck on the night shift there, which is why. You never fucking expected I'd come by in broad daylight. While you were getting cosy in the shadow of the roller coaster. But I came by all the same because... See? I wanted a chat with my boss in my time off. A chinwag about me, I was... I'm concerned I was going to tell him that I'm not spending enough time with a woman I love. She works days, I work nights. We're meeting the gaps in between. It's a fucking sitcom and I'm going to propose marriage so suddenly things are serious and I want to be with her every night for the rest of my fucking life. Can you give me a shift that'll facilitate that, you grumpy old fucker? I didn't ask. Suddenly I didn't feel in the mood. He'd probably have said no anyway because that's the kind of unromantic prick he is. Think security works for real men and real men don't let tenderness about the tarp back home get between them and the job. And now I'm late for my shift, my usual bloody shift, and the worst thing I could think of to hit you with, just at this moment, is telling you I love you so that these fucking knuckles hurt. And that's sore as fuck, frankly. Maybe out in the night, the cold bloody night, the sting of it all, it'll cool a little. No, just stay there. You don't want to see the kick I'll give your friend if he's still lying back on that hallway carpet down there. Don't wait up. Might be a longer shift than usual. And then he was gone. I hesitated for a second, then ran after him, dreading the fresh violence that might erupt below. But as I got to the landing that overlooked the lobby, seeing Tom shoved back into place, the fuse he'd stolen, the light which sprang on again, showing no sign of John. I watched Tom disappear out the door, then rushed up to the top floor, pushing past that nice Chinese cover from the flat below us. They were looking at me like I was part of the worst imaginable circus that had ever come to town. I ran right to the top floor, hammered on John's shut door. There was no reply. Fast walk along the front to the pleasure beach, thinking up half-hearted excuses for being late. <laughs> so dark it was now, the sea and the sky black as a hole in the world and a cold wind blowing through. I huddled to the staff entrance to buzz my way through. <laughs> a bundle of rubbish in the corner leapt up. Don't! 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 Step on me! Jump on me! Sleep on me! Go, come on me! But bleed me! Bury me! I'm just huddled here, huddled! 
skipping out at the breeze. See, breeze. See the bleeding me. The beached body. The buried, buried alive biddy. That, that's all I am. Gave me a start, but it was just that old wine, old ancient hag with the bottle blonde hair, Maisie or Mardi or Mamie or whatever the fuck the other blokes call her. With a meths and fried onions off her. I tried to gently nudge her out of the way, but she fixed an ancient claw on my arm, turned and looked my way so sharply I felt it scratch my cheek. Where are you going? Think you're going. Don't you know where? In there, all them things in there, behind the bars, casting sh shadows, monsters, skeletons, horses, eat you up. Some shadows will. Like Candy Voss. Cunt you like Toffee Apple. I see shadows sometimes. Right there. A shadow walking across your eye. Your beautiful eye. Beautiful, young. Blue. Blue, is it? Is it blue? Can't see. Not with all this dark. Don't, don't go. Don't go into the dark. I've seen the dark. You got slipping, stepping, skulking, snaking around round here. No one listens. No one sees, no one but me hears me saying, Son, don't, don't. I pushed the silly old drunk aside and went in. That Bob was waiting for me, smoking a fag in the shadow of Noah's Ark, a plastic kangaroo and stegosaurus looming from the roof above him. He bitched, of course, about how late I was. How he'd been left to patrol the whole fucking amusement park on his own, standing there in the fucking dark and the fucking cold and the fucking creepy silence. No company but Dracula staring at him the front of the passenger terror. <laughs> I explained to him, for the umpteenth time, it wasn't fucking Dracula they'd painted above the entrance, but death. Death with his pale face and black hood, ripped off from the Ingmar Bergman film about the seventh sign or whatever the fuck it was. And for umpteenth time, Fat Bob laughed at me for knowing who the fuck Ingmar Bergen was. <laughs> no matter how many times, how many hard, cold shifts I slogged out alongside him, I'd always be fucking Ponzi college boy or poetry and pretension and limpless philosophy. Politics I studied, I reminded him. Politics, economics, the hard mechanisms for making the world work, for making it work better. A better world for ordinary bloody working slobs, even a fat bastard slob like you, Bob. <laughs> And look at me, here, now. Dead end job, private life fuck, nothing to cling on to but a bit of fucking film trivia from being in the Manchester Uni Film Society way back when. Don't feel too outclassed, you fat fucker. He snorted at me, walked away towards Nickelodeon land, telling me to check over this near end now, he was sick of looking at it. I switched on my torch and went strolling. That was the job. Wandering long dark hours among switched off rides and a maze of silent roller coasters looking for kids who'd sneaked in for a laugh. Petty thieves out to lever up the shutters on the gift shop or, or, or a stall and nick a soft toy or, or a few souvenir t-shirts. Keeping an eye on the odd junkie with sentimental memories of the place from his ruined childhood. <laughs> Shut down amusement park. <laughs> Shit. It's like seeing childhood itself go stone cold dead and shrink to a skeleton. Summit moved. Behind me, I looked around there. Ahead was the great fiberglass rock of the Valhalla ride. A great skull in a Viking helmet stuck on the outside. A tall shadow passed across the skull. Far too thin to be that of Fat Bob. Who's there? I shone the torch that way. 
past fake eagles and more fake skulls stuck on poles. I saw nothing, but I thought I heard a swift scrape of running step. I hesitated before I started to run myself. There was something weirdly familiar about the way that shadow had moved. And then, by fuck, I did move because I could hear Fat Bob shouting at me in the direction that shadow had gone. What the fuck are you? And as I ran, I heard the fat bastard shouted commands turn to something more like screams and splutters chokings followed by an almighty crash. I turned the corner, uh, the corner by the ghost train, and I, I found I'd run straight into... into silence. Fuck all moving but a cold breeze. That great skull and ribcage sticking out of the broken tower at the ghost train stop, grinning its own silent laughter. I called out. What the fuck was Bob playing at? Some kind of fucking joke? So I wasn't in the mood. Bob! No reply. I saw that on the wall beneath the giant skeleton where it's made to look like there was a fake plaster falling away from fake brickwork. There was suddenly at ground level a genuine fucking hole smashing through the painted surface. A ragged hole that looked roughly the height and width of... Jesus, it was almost the shape of the fat bastard himself. Bob! I peered into the hollow darkness on the other side. Nothing there that I could see. Bob? That came from somewhere else. Somewhere deeper into the ghost train I stepped on, under the great plastic vampire bat suspended above the entrance, under the shadow of the hydraulic troll, on the pillar to my right, climbing carefully over the locked railings, facing the two curves of track that rose and descended from the upper level of the ride. I saw there had been another smash to fake brickwork at the rear. Help! Help! Bob! The voice came from above, at the top of the rising track to my left. The doorway into which the track disappeared gaped, Wide and dark. Thought about pulling out my walkie-talkie, radioing it through to Taddock in the office, but but then I thought about Bob had been ripping the piss out of me just ten minutes before and about death and Ingmar fucking Bergman. Is this a fucking joke, you great obese bastard? You've got to damage the fucking decor down here and it ain't coming out of my fucking wages. Do you hear me? Bob! No reply. Well, well, I was getting fucking irked, I confess. I started stomping best I could up that track. It was a bit slippery with the grease on it. I'd have thought it was grease till near the top. I slipped out right, thumping my hands and knees. And as I pulled myself up right again, I clicked on my torch, getting ready for going through that dark gap just ahead. In the glare of the torch beam, I could see how red that greasy mess was where it had smeared my white hand. Bob! I made my way into the dark tunnel beyond, shining the torch beam around a few fake cobwebs and skeletons and demons. Bob? Fuck! The great plastic werewolf hunched inside its rocky alcove, full moon painted on the wall behind. Always was the most impressive of the cheap scares in there. Seen in the torchlight, its lurking movement switched off. No coloured flashing lights on it. It was somehow... I don't know. Weirder, more alive than it was up and running. Like it was a whole other kind of werewolf now, the family audience weren't trundling by. Now it and the other monsters had the place to themselves. Except, now I was in there with them too. Bob? 
Is that you? Very fucking funny. Ha ha. Where the fuck are you? I turned from the werewolf, shot my way around into the next corridor with its beams like the beams in a mineshaft. Bob! See this face? Bob! I shone the torch, scary like, right up into my own face. It's the face of a fucking impatient with this guy they're messing around. I saw the fucking foreign film you didn't see. I went to a fucking university for two seconds flat. I had a fucking dream once of making the world better, even for fat bastards like you. So that makes me, I know, a fine fit for the taking the piss out of, but friend, tonight is not the night for... I stopped. Something was coming towards me. I shone the torch along the tunnel. Fuck's sake! Bob! There he was, lurching towards me, naked to the waist, great globs of blubber overhanging his belt. Flesh white as lard in the torch, like his face bloated and blank behind smashed glasses half hanging on. The face itself torn into her flap from the right side of his mouth, right up under an eye swollen shut. Blood sputtering out of her mouth with half its teeth broken. More blood streaking down both his shoulders. As he stumbled close, he reached for me with two hands full of broken fingers. The stink of him pushed me back. Not his usual stink of oniony sweat and knock-off tobacco. A stench more like the stench of... Well, like a rat rotting in a blocked toilet. He lunged for me again. I darted aside. He, he slipped on the rail of the track. Dropped flat on his back. And as he lay there, sweet Jesus, all that flesh in him started to blister, to bubble, to begin melting off the bones beneath. Ribs and chest bones and skull bones started showing through, like dead wood rising in a drained swamp. The loops of his guts came bulging through that oily suit, pulsing and heaving, purple, red, and uh, beginning to melt themselves, popping with acids. And the smell, oh, it was the smell of every last drop of life in him, every fucking cell dying one by one. Saw one of the poor bastard's blind eyes was turned my way. It buzzed and then broke like a bubble. Just as the bones themselves became a bubbling froth, a rabies froth dissolving away. And then that voice came echoing towards me along the tunnel. It's sad, isn't it? The inevitable decay of flesh. That frame fatuous enough to take itself from the semblance of God. How swift it sinks to stain in the dirt. Yours will fall swiftly enough. Only I stand firm. I shone the torch wildly all around, not sure where that voice was coming from, but all the light caught was that what had been Bob was now just a slimy gleaming on the track at my feet. That's a mirror you're looking in. I looked round, swung the torch, a face coming at me, but, uh, but a plastic face uh, of one of them monsters on the walls, but, uh, but this face, bruised and bloodied, was real. <laughs> oh, 
I was smacked in the face, dumped in the gut, grabbed, and I was dragged off my feet, slammed into the wall, dragged back along the tunnel faster than I could get me fucking ringing head around it, and then I was being thrown clean into the air. Ah! I dumped against something hard and brittle, all rough curves. I slumped to the foot of it, looking up. I saw it was the werewolf. I heard in steps coming my way, and fucking fast, I looked ahead. To see the bastard coming at me, I dropped the torch, but I knew from the shape of the figure, dark against the glass, and from my memory of that face in the torchlight, the fucker that it was. You supposed. What? When you attacked me back there in front of her, I fell and I took it and failed to fight back because, what? You were the better man. You? Don't you guess it was a matter of simple elegance on my part? A lover for, yeah, boy, I am her lover. Loving her wilder, warmer these last 24 hours than you have in long, dull months or years. A lover that is, like myself, is not so vulgar as to brawl like a thug before his beloved. What I am about to do to you is no sight to sicken her with. So better we sort this out discreetly between us now. We've only got the shadows to see us. Keep away from me, you bloody... But all right there, he had hold of me again, dragging me upright, hauling me away, away toward shit. It was the fucking balcony. That balcony opened onto the outside looking down onto the stone walkway between the buildings and he was dragging me, dragging me right away to the rail. Get off me, you fucker! I've made some comments about you falling from grace, but what grace was there ever in you? He threw me over. I dropped through the air, crashing into the bush growing just below, then dropping to the tight little corner of ground below, going over, sore on my ankle before falling at full length at the foot of the bush. I heard the walkie-talkie at my waist break apart as I landed on my hip, plastic splinters driven into my skin. But then I was scrambling up, dragging that ankle, moving away fast as I could, sensing more and seeing him leap down from the balcony at my back, hearing him loud and clear as he came after me, the arrogant prick sounding like he was. Fuck him! Like he, like he was strolling. I didn't know who the fuck he was. Who he, 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 he was really, or, or what the fuck he thought he was up to, but I knew I wasn't for taking any more of his shit if I could get out of it. I reached the cafe area just ahead, grabbed the metal chair, swung around to throw it at him. Bastard! But he was gone. No sign. I looked this way, that way. It, it was like. I was suddenly the only soul alive amongst all them roller coaster tracks and uh, fake fairy tale buildings. Where are you? I called. Come on, you fucker! Wherever the fuck you're playing at, I'll play it straight back at you! Do you hear me? Do you hear? Still nothing. I set the chair down, started moving off again fast as I could on that sore ankle, thinking if I could just reach the security office by the south gate. Ahead of me. What was that? Something moving in the shadows. Him. How would he got there ahead of me? Without me seeing. 
plenty of ways, I suppose. Ducking between or around the buildings. I stopped. Just on my left. The fake rock face leading into river caves. That gap for the boats on the water track to go through. The, the old tunnel of love stein still up above it. I knew the maze. It, it was in there. A place to hide. A place maybe to spring a surprise. I, I climbed the fence, moved forward, took a breath and stepped. Quiet as I could. Into the oh! cold water light in the track began splashing into the darkness beyond. With the normal light switched off in those fake caves, there was just a dark blue emergency lights glowing here and there. All them figures in there, just silhouettes, hard shadows. I climbed out of the watery track into the dinosaur display alongside. Fiberglass monsters all around me, tall necked or lower down like crocodiles or, or, or raving up face, <laughs> T-Rex style. I crept behind a pretend boulder and listened. In here, aren't you? Hiding. Hiding in the dark. Hiding from me. Can't hide from me. I'd be sent of you. Your animal stink. I come to kiss that stink out of existence. You heard? I kiss Kate alive. And I will kiss you dead. Spit out the taste afterwards. Fuck you! There he was, splashing up that watery track like he'd owned the place. I flung myself at him, hit him hard. The two was dropping into the water. I groped about, damn near blind for a grip on his face. Forced him head under, thinking I could drown him, thinking I was drowning him, killing a man. And what did I think about that? With him? I thought that was just fine. But then this fish shot out of the water, practically thumped my head off my shoulders. I fell back, blacked out for a moment maybe. W woke up with the shock of that cold water flooding the length of me. I struggled to top half me out of the water just in time to have him come at me again and again and again like a fucking shark he was pounding into me, smacking me face this way and that way till my mouth was swimming with as much blood as water, battering at my belly and ribs till he heard one of them crack. The pain made me push him back, gave me the to drag myself out of the water, splashed my way across the wet floor and a platform alongside where figures of cavemen went up against the last of the dinosaurs. I stumbled, agonised against one of the cavemen, dragged the plastic club out of his hand, turned around, gripping it, something to fight with. He came lightly, splashing after me, and I knew he could see better in the dark than I could. A plastic club for a plastic caveman, how appropriate. The one about to become extinct. Bastard! I swung the club. He dodged to one side, caught me wrist. Oh, by God, the sound the ball made as he snapped it. I heard myself scream, heard the club at the floor, and then by the agony in the same wrist, he was swinging me about, flinging me hard through the wall of a million years BC, before dragging me clear and sending me splashing back into the water. <laughs> Oh, did that hurt, boy? You don't know, you'll never know her like I've known. That display I allowed you earlier before, Kate. I could have taken that a thousand times and it wouldn't have bruised me like I'd been made to suffer before. 
I've had armies, armies of brutes like you, wolf packing upon me, and look, look, I took it all and still stand tall and all who fought me. Well, they're nothing now. They're nothing I'll make you. Let me show you my real pain, the depth of it, and then you'll understand. No! I was up and splashing on and on along the water track for all the pain it caused me. On deeper into the dark, dinosaurs giving way to imitations of the ocean bed, sharks and all. And I could hear him splashing after me. And I knew I had to keep fighting on because that and my back was something I'd pounced on in the first place, thinking it was nothing. And now I knew it was something hard and real as the back went into hell itself. So yeah, I ran. And, of course, I lay wide awake, wondering my way through it all, wondering what had happened to John, where he'd gone, how badly he was hurt, wondering why it was Tom I was tying the rest of my life to, Tom with his temper and his jealousy and his quick fists flying, Tom who split my lip just a day or two before and now, tonight, he'd done what? Half killed another man, maybe. And there in bed, I remembered that day, that day and night before. Remembered that body Tom had beaten and kicked every which way. How soft and firm and smooth and perfect, perfectly tender and loving it had been. Feeling that cold loneliness inside me that had been lonelier still the moment Tom made his proposal and I had said yes though my lip was stinking still. And now? Now I lay there and wished, God help me, I wished that some wave would come off the sea and wash Tom away, clean out of my life. Leave me alone with that kindness, that passion and devotion in John. John who must have been lying in his innocence, a bloody wreck somewhere just at that moment. Oh with a hand between my legs where John had touched me so warmly. I, I suppose I cursed that punching, smacking, groping, hopeless bastard with all the shudder left in my tired body. Cursed him. Something answered. What the fuck? Something flapped against the window, pale in the dark. A gull? For half a second I saw it from the bed, it looked larger than that. Lodges. Oh dear God. The beast with wings that I'd seen in my dream. That horse like, bird like, pantherish, lover like thing I'd clutched in the surf. And then it was gone. As if it was ever there at all. And I curled deeper under the duvet, helpless to stop the thoughts wilder by far than the flapping thing clattering through my skull. Valley of the Kings, bad as I can go, stumble past the Aztecs, fine display, <laughs> bastards cut your heart out, tough shit, mine's cut out already mate, been on the prom, that's where she stuffed it, Kate, on down the tunnel, tunnel, so many of these fucking river caves to splash through, if I could just reach, 
Just reach India or that fake Angkor Wat with, with, the, with the way out just beyond, but, but too much hurt, too much cold, <laughs> barely scramble out the water. Up here, lie there the great towering plastic pharaohs all having a fucking sit down. <laughs> Mind if I fall at your feet, you posh fucking bastards. Free the fucking slaves, you fucking... What's the point? <laughs> Wasted breath. Wasted. Here we go. Curse of the mummy's tomb comes after you. On account you read hieroglyphies wrong. Splash, splash, splash. <laughs> Death is it. All wrapped up tight for delivery. My address on the wrapper. Fuck that. Fuck you. I love her. Do you hear? I've been a bad bastard to her and every other fucking thing in my life. But that's what it came out of. My every fucking mistake. Dreams I had. Dream. Fuck. But I'm sore with them still, Kate. What's that? Dying right. Scared of the dark. Can't deny. You dream of the light. Reach for the light and down comes the fucking lid. Come on then. Come on. I've got life in me yet. Come here, I'll spit in your face! Oi, you won't have the breath. You've been listening to Kisses in the Dark, a podplay series from Mankmade Productions and Listening Dog Media. With performances from Kyle Rowe, Pamela Mayos, Stephen Gidwani, Patrick Price and Ryan Clayton. Also starring Rhiannon Clements and Con O'Neill. Written by Marty Ross. Thank you.